Welcome to another edition of Persons of Interest. My name is Derek Dockett. And in this episode, I chat with Springfield News Leader sports reporter Wyatt Wheeler. For those of you who already know Wyatt or if you follow him on Twitter, you're already aware that he's a bit of a jokester. Uh, I don't know if they keep these kinds of records at the newsletter, but he might be the youngest sports reporter uh, in the history of the paper. And right now, he's the only sports reporter at the paper. He covers the Springfield Cardinals, Missouri State University, Drury, Evangel, high schools, any other sporting event that's happening in Southwest Missouri, I guess it all falls on his shoulders. Wyatt and I discussed his work at the newsletter, how he first took interest in journalism, and of course, we spent a little time talking about Missouri State sports. Now, I started this episode joking how Wyatt is an award-winning journalist. Well, it kind of isn't a joke. The Springfield Newsletter recently received 22 awards for news writing, sports coverage, and photojournalism in the 2018 Missouri Associated Press Media Editors Newspaper Contest. Wyatt received first place for two features, one that he did on Jackie Stiles and another on the hiring of Dana Ford. He also took second place for two other features as well. So without any further ado, here's Wyatt Wheeler on Persons of Interest. Well, I am pleased to be joined by, wow, an award-winning sports journalist. How about that? That just came to me. Ladies and gentlemen, this young man is an award-winning sports journalist. He works, he is the sports department at the Springfield News Leader. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Wyatt D. Wheeler. Wyatt, how are you doing this morning? A little tired. You got me up a little early this morning, I but uh, happy to be on. It's a dream of mine to be on here. I'm, I'm so sorry to ruin your Saturday, but uh, this is one that the people have been asking about. Yeah, I, I got some interesting thoughts, I guess, but uh, <laughs> try to try to deep uh, jump deep into the mind of me, I guess. But I don't think that's a place very many people will want to be after uh, after they hear the first five minutes of this. But uh, keep listening. Keep listening. <laughs> I'm sure the uh, the crowd is going wild right now. As they, I can already tell the tone of this podcast is like way differently than all the others. But we'll see if we can keep it on track. But that's OK. <laughs> because I want to have some fun with this. Um, and e- the way this has gone so far, the, the first couple of episodes, it's been unique. So I started with Lily Johnson and she blew me away with her memory. I mean, she mm-hmm. remembers so much from her playing days, from being recruited. And she told me some stuff that I'd never know. So now, of course, she's graduated. You covered her. Uh, yeah, she's overrated. <laughs> she's overrated. She's <laughs> overrated. But now... Post-graduation, she's now going to the next phase of her life. It was great to catch up with her. Um, I talked with some other folks, sports, non-sports, whatever it might be. And it was all just sort of to learn about how they got to where they were. And I realized, so when I was working at the Valley, you were a sports reporter for the Standard, the Missouri State student newspaper. I believe that's our that goes that's our very first connection. I think when I remember you and uh, Alec McChesney bowling at the student union. I'm pretty sure that's yep. what sort of like what are these two guys doing? Like, shouldn't they be <laughs> like at a practice or at a coach interview with the school's sports reporters? But. I somehow just stuck with it. I don't know why. And you two actually took a different approach 
to your work at the standard and you started doing more digital stuff you started doing video content and did you guys win some awards even as college students yeah we got we got a few of them um we got a few of them early on we just tried we tried to play around with some things uh just kind of looked at where journalism was going and looked at how the standard was going and just decided to change it up a little bit to uh get people a little bit get our uh, people under us a little prepared more prepared going forward and uh they're actually still doing a lot of the things that we kind of started as still today so it's it's pretty fun to see those guys continuing to do really what we set what we set out to do so it's a change that we were pretty happy with and the awards came but we were just happy with the uh kind of the footprint that we left behind and just the impact is just where, where they're going now and i think they're doing some pretty cool things and they keep expanding too to make it for everybody but that's yeah. it's pretty much what it was it was more of a learning experience for everybody and we had ideas and carried them out and got people a little excited to join the standard and uh we, we were pretty happy with the impact we left so i gotta ask and i always curious to know now because i mean you're much younger than I am, and journalism has taken such a dramatic change. It's been through a lot. We'll just say that. Journalism has been through the ringer. Um, oh, yeah. But for you, you stuck with it. What was the first thing that drew you to wanting to be a writer and, and get into journalism and stick with it? Well, um, I had a really good high school class, uh, journalism class, and it was just a lot of fun. And I just remember the first time my editor at my uh, high school class said, hey, Wyatt, you're, I, you're surprisingly really good at this. <laughs> and uh, just like, oh, it's like I'm good at something. So uh, it's just something. I mean, from then on, it's all I wanted to do. I mean, I love, I've always loved sports. I knew I wasn't going to do anything collegiate. Um, and it was just something that I just attached myself to. I was always reading articles, uh, whether it was ESPN.com, Chicago Tribune. Um, and I was, I was, uh, it's just something I always wanted to do. And it's the only thing I've ever kind of attached myself to, whether it's, uh, co- whether it was, uh, starting out college at Northern Illinois or continuing here at Missouri State. Uh, so it's, uh, it was, ne- was never real. I mean, nothing's really scared me off. There's been a lot of, I mean, there's been a lot of change since I've started um, in, uh, in college at Northern Illinois. And there's been a lot of change since I started, since I was here at Missouri State. And I mean, even full time at the paper. So it, there's nothing. It's, I love it. It's just what I wanted to do. It keeps me around everything. And I get to be at all these moments and it's, something i really love to do and help catch capture for people and i love social media too it's uh, a lot a lot of fun interaction it's just a lot of people that i enjoy and just keeps me there so you you mentioned starting at northern illinois um which i don't think many people know that because you know i i i didn't know until i just sort of i think i guess when we came facebook friends i'm like this guy is from central illinois originally and you know didn't start out transferred in which is fine. Um, but I guess my first question, what led you there? And then what led you to end up at Missouri State? Yeah, 
yeah, Northern Illinois. I mean, I uh, there was there was a girl I was with in high school until uh, about uh. first semester of senior <laughs> year. So it was like, it was like a three year thing. So it's like, oh, I'm probably going to be going to whatever college she's with. So it was it was the dumb high school kid, gotcha. uh, just not really giving yourself very many options. So I re- got a really late start on looking for colleges. And uh, Northern Illinois was really one of the first ones, uh, first and only ones I looked at. I didn't want to do the community college in town. Um, I wanted to do like a legit uh, four-year thing and uh, went up to Northern Illinois and it was super cold. <laughs> Those two years I was there, it was it was super cold. I mean, I was walking backwards to class, so the wind chill wasn't in your face. Uh, negative thirty walking to class. Um, You've obviously never and, walked the campus of the University of Northern Iowa, then. No, it's it's all terrible up there. It's just <laughs> awful. I mean, it's just a big open field, but it was so cold up there. And I, I, I mean, it's cold wasn't the reason that yeah, I left. I, sure. I mean, there. It, People, there was a there was a lot of commuting um, for students in the Chicago area, so people weren't there on the weekends. I've never I've never been into the whole party scene or anything, so I was I just found myself alone in a dorm room a lot. So um, after two years, it was just like I need a change of scenery. I was home every weekend because it was just an hour and a half drive back to back to Central Illinois. So I I had a friend that was actually on the Missouri State baseball team that I grew up with, uh, Alex Jefferson. He's been my best friend since we were uh, probably – just eight, eight or ten, eight through ten, and uh, came down and visited um, Missouri State. I had, uh, I mean, I've been down here my whole life. My grandparents uh, lived in Reed Springs, okay. so I've, I've been in Springfield, Branson, my whole life. Um, so I, I, there was a level of comfort. My brother was looking for schools at the same time, and. Uh, just visited campus a couple times and really enjoyed it and um, just kind of attached myself here and wasn't very much looking. <laughs> I mean, it was the only one I looked for after Northern Illinois. So it was uh, just where I felt like I wanted to be and just where I've stuck. And it's obviously worked out. Like I said, you did a bunch of great stuff at Sander and now you find yourself at the newsleader. When you got the opportunity, and of course, the, like I said, the Journalism itself has been through a lot, but the newsleader is one of those ones where we've seen um, some longtime sports reporters, um, you know, in their time end and because of one thing or another, and you find yourself in that role and eventually the only now the only sports reporter at the paper serving a pretty big community down there with what I also want to add. You got Division One with Missouri State. Drury Evangel. Um, you also have a huge high school sports scene in Southwest Missouri. So I think that goes under the radar. And here you are now attempting to service all the readers of the paper, uh, at least in terms of sports, with that content around those teams, those, those colleges, universities, and uh, high schools. Um, daunting when you like, okay, here I am now. Like, what's your first reaction when you, you end up there? Because you were interning at the paper originally and before you ended up in the yeah. role as the only as the only sports reporter, right? Yeah. So I started out, I mean, I started out as a clerk. Um, we, there were two sports reporters at the time. Uh, I was pretty good friends with one of them. Um, and then everything, everything happened to kind of change. 
just a whole bunch of stuff happened within the organization and uh, just find myself being offered while still in while still in college a chance I was I mean I was the editor-in-chief of the standard for that year and um, I, I was committed to that and they can and I was offered the full-time job so a kid a guy in this field when you're offered a full-time job don't really have very many I mean it's the only option is yes and I mean this is where I want to I mean this was my preferred place to be after college so it was like oh I'm, I'll take I'll take it on and I'll admit, I mean, I don't think anybody's ready to take on something quite that big. They kind of ease me in pretty well um, with another sports reporter and everything. Uh, Harrison Keegan was a lot of help uh, early on, and it, it's tough. I mean, there's so much to do. It's, it's, I mean, there's so it's it's such a big area, and you're, and I mean, you, you're you're gonna get angry people every single day for not being at your uh, being at their kids thing or being at their favorite teams thing but it's just about uh, I mean it's so digital number it's so digital stuff now that I'm, the numbers kind of lead me into the right direction and you got to get a little creative to uh, got to get a little creative to be able to serve everybody to kind of give them something that a lot of people will be interested in so it's uh, it's finding those finding those feature stories finding those right kind of uh, columns to write finding which games need to be reported on and uh, it it's tough it's something um, I never uh, being one person here has just been Kind of, it's really stressful, but it's something that I enjoy being able to pick and choose everything I kind of want to do. Sure. I mean, it's fun to be able to say, "Hey, I'm going to go do this," and, uh, whether it's a Missouri State basketball game or it's uh, being like, "Okay, I'll drive down to Branson and hang out with uh, and watch Von Miller put people through practice over at Tiger over on uh, Big Cedar Lodge." It's just. Uh, there's a lot of things here and it's you, you got to find the fun in it too and i think that's kind of where i go to social media for some of the fun and um go to the whatever games for the fun and just the events for the fun it's 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 stressful but you got to make the best of it and i think that's something that i'm pretty good at being able to do so <clears throat> when you're working at the newsleader um do you often have the opportunity to to channel in some of this creative stuff you guys were doing at the standard because i assume being in the lead role you are at the standard you're like man let's creative let's be do these videos let's do that do you still have that sort of freedom at the news leader even though i mean it's part of a bigger corporate chain i mean do, do you still have the, the freedom to do more digital things like how does that work or do you just sort of have to fall in line with how the other reporters work across the country um, well, we, I mean, I got a good boss. Uh, we're really, we, uh, me and Steven Herzog, we see eye to eye on pretty much everything. I don't think we've run into a, anything yet. We've really disagreed on after working with each other yeah, as close as we have been for the last, uh, however many months, probably eight months kind of right now. But, uh, I mean, we, we play with everything with, um, and we balance and we see what works, see what doesn't. And, and we're, uh, always trying new things so whether it's writing a story in emojis uh, that's uh, <laughs> we've done that and uh, 
we, we want to play with a little more video stuff. I mean, we, 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 there's a 20 question thing I do with the high school kids and just ask them 20 goofy questions. And I, and I'm, I'm young enough to kind of still kind of connect with them. Sure. So it's, uh, it's fun to take some of those ideas that maybe an older, like a person that's been around for a while might not be comfortable with doing, but I want to get in there and try to have fun with some of the kids. It's just, uh, there's a lot of, and it works well. Uh, The kids will share it around on social media. They'll share around their stories. And we notice some of the things that are working and we're excited to just keep expanding. That's there's, I mean, I, I kind of go off on my own and do some post game, uh, uh, periscope type things on my Twitter, and we're and we're fine with that. If it's building my, if it's building my portfolio up while I'm here, or if it's uh, building up the news leader, they're fine with anything that pretty much we do. It's uh, it's just being creative and seeing what sticks, kind of. So you mentioned social media, and I'm always curious. I'm still a social media nerd, even though I don't tweet as much as I used to with my role in the Valley. But I'm always curious from a journalism standpoint, how much is social media shaping your content? Like, you know, obviously you guys probably know from, you know, metrics, what's being read on the, the paper's yeah, website and yeah. things like that. Um, and obviously you probably get feedback via social media when you guys post stories and we know how Facebook comments may or can go yeah. sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but do you guys let social media in terms of like what the response is, the engagement you get shape what stories that you cover like in the future and going forward? Um, not really too much. It depends case to case. I mean, uh, it's, um, I find a lot of stories through social media. I find what things I absolutely need to be at, whether if it's going to get a lot of metrics or not. It's uh, whether, I mean, if you, you'll see what kind of things might get a blowback, just kind of like a not very happy with, whether it's, uh, I mean, I, I only have so many hours a week that right. I'm able to use. So it's, uh, so maybe maybe this Saturday night basketball game isn't worth uh, isn't it wouldn't be worth my uh, hours um, compared to doing something else maybe a high school something but uh, if we notice like the blowback if we notice uh, there's a certain amount of response um, we'll change it up we'll see we'll try to make it work for people whether it's freelancing or something but uh, not too much um, I think we've found the balance right now that uh, we wouldn't let uh, too many we wouldn't let a small amount of angry people dictate my coverage um, whether it's uh, publishing an article 49 minutes after a game or <laughs> uh, publishing it the second the game ends uh, we we've we found what works for us and we do we try to make we try to do things that uh, make make the people happy in the end so how do I word this one now? <laughs> Don't I, get me I, in trouble. No, 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 no. <laughs> I always enjoy sometimes what people want to make news isn't always news. They blow mm-hmm. things out of proportion. You probably see that more than I do because I, you know, I've 
I don't read every single story. I read what's, you know, what I want to read and what's yeah. interesting to me. And I'm sure more, most people like that, but some people will go through and look for something to be upset about or something like that. And do you, and, and sports, keeping sports only in mind, we don't need to go into politics, things like that. Um, when you're just reporting on the story and people are angry of, you know, one reason or another, not the person, but just story, you don't take it personally, do you? Do you try and keep that line of, boy, they're upset because they're a fan of the team and things aren't going well versus the questions that you asked to dig into the story? Like, is it, I don't even know if I'm asking that right, if you know what I mean, but. Yeah, um, I'm I'm good at keeping, keeping it out personally and, uh, I, I know I have a tough job to do. I know people are going to get mad at some of the things I write. And I think I got kind of an attitude that uh, I'm able to brush some of those things off and just kind of laugh at it and just know that I'm doing my job. The, it's a difficult job. I got to ask some tough questions. I got to bring up some things people might not be happy about, right. whether it's uh, – attendance at a basket at, at a football game whether it's uh, a medical cry the cryotherapy thing from last year with men's basketball people weren't happy that that was brought up or looked into but it's something you gotta make an impact you gotta hold people responsible for things whether whether it's liked or not and if other if some people won't be there to do those things if I'm not there as for some of those um yeah i mean there's it's it's something you you gotta be able to look at it that way just kind of like okay this is my job i gotta do some difficult things um i mean this past week people people weren't happy when i wrote about kelly harper maybe leaving because she's having a lot of success they're like oh he's just trying to make her leave he's trying to uh why would he even say that people get mad at me because i'm saying because i'm complimenting a coach right at a mid-major level saying that uh she's deserving of better looks when it's clearly labeled in the article hey this doesn't say she should leave or she will leave this is purely to really compliment her on the job she's doing the success she's having yeah people are people are just going to get people are going to get mad because they don't want to think of it that way and they're not going to get mad at her because they like because they like her so it's kind of it's kind of it's a little easy to (laughs) turn to the person that's bringing it up when it's something that you don't really want to think about that particular story to me brings up a, a good point i wonder if and you can respond to this one how you think i wonder if that one is a victim of headline only reading or tweet only reading instead of actually reading yeah. the story because i saw that when i'm like oh what's the angle here and of course i read just about everything and put out not to be a homer or you know whatever yeah. but i've always enjoyed your work and i've told you that um but at the same time like I'm, i think to myself how many people see a tweet and that's like what they see is what all they dig into. They don't actually read the story or they see the Facebook yeah. post and they don't dig into it. You think part of that may have been to it. And does that make like think about when you're writing a headline, you know, you think about that perception of how people might take a story without actually reading the entire story. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I, I've, I've never really thought about, I mean, we think about the blowback that we could get for some headlines, but we thought we were, we do think, I mean, we think of everything when we go through some of that. And I do think people see headlines and definitely get mad. I mean, we got a paywall on our website to where 
if I write a story about a uh, tornado warning coming through the county, that people are going to see it and just comment, uh, oh, it's nice that you guys aren't letting us know about the safety of all of us when you have a paywall up. So they don't. So little did they know that I took the paywall off of that story. So they're just they. I mean, people comment because they they just feel like they'll get mad at something or they'll just be complaining about a headline or something. But uh, the people there's there's going to be little complaints no matter what, and I do think people just uh, don't go through and read and just think we're trying to mislead, but. Um, we're not if they if they read the work we were doing that's uh definitely nothing wrong definitely nothing wrong in there i mean it's complimentary and fair is what we, fairness is what we try to shoot for and yeah. that's definitely that's what we felt like we were doing so let's jump to something fun here now because you are a sports reporter and of another podcast i listen to one of the producers of the podcast always has the quote it's just sports like it's just sports people like calm down. It's not the end of the world when your team yeah. loses and that kind of stuff. So I'm curious to know you're a huge Chicago bears fan, obviously coming from Illinois. Yeah. Um, what's it like when you see your kicker missed field goal? In playoffs? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm as angry as everybody else. I mean, I, I told, I told my brother on the drive before, Hey, this is going to come down to a Cody Parkey field goal. And, uh, it's uh, and that's not something you want to say out loud or think about because he was so inconsistent the whole year. And I mean, even after the first one, you knew the timeout was coming to ice him, and uh, it's like, okay, it's the odds are against him to make two in a row. Um, and when it went off both uprights, it's just like, of course. So, uh, really, really sad is what I my reaction was. I don't know if I talked the rest of the night, that was uh. That was like a five o'clock. That was like a six o'clock end. But yeah, I was really, I was really bummed out. I mean, he, he'll be gone this next year, and he was the worst. He was the worst player on the team. So if, the, if having your kicker be the worst player in the team is not the worst thing in the world, but it's, it can also also be the worst thing in the world at certain points. But uh, we'll be all right. And they're they're gonna they'll have most of their guys back and get Parky out of there. So I bring I bring that up because I've obviously followed Missouri State since before you were in college down there. Of course, I was in college yeah. from 97 to 2002. And there's been even before I knew Missouri State or Southwest Missouri State existed. I mean, fans have talked about the heartbreak that has happened. Uh, but you've probably gotten your share of history lessons of, of what Missouri oh, yeah. State sports all, all across the board have been. Um, and there's been our share of heartbreak. You can talk about uh, 21 RPI, uh, yeah. anything Barry Henson. You can talk about, um, you know, teams not getting, you know, whatever it might be. Um, baseball related. Now they've had success in recent years to make up for some of it. But, you know, all the games against Arkansas and regionals or whatever it might be. Um, but it, there's something that Missouri State sports fans know about heartbreak. Um, yeah. And you reporting on the team now, I'm sure people are like, um, it's got to be, it's it's different. I'll put it that way. It's different because mm-hmm. I remember reading, um, going back to Scott Purrier, Lindell yeah. Scran. I mean, we've, we've seen great reporting for the, for, for the team down there. Um, but 
are you anxious to see some success? And I'm talking basketball because baseball's had it. Volleyball's had it. Um, do you see something special ready to happen there if basketball can have some sustained success and uh, give the fans down there something to be uh, excited about? Because I'm saying this as a fan now. Um, basketball is probably considered king down there. I mean, yeah, it, we, we have football and things like that, but people really get excited about basketball in South Missouri. I, I think you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty confident. I've, I've, this coaching staff has really impressed me. I think we've seen that from uh, the opening press conference, uh, getting to know Dana and the guys. Um, and I think, I mean, I wrote it the other day. I think we should start talking about Dana being a possible coach of the year candidate for this year. Um, I think the group that he's taking, he's taken right now is, uh, I mean, it's not the most talented group. I think the most talented, he's got some guys coming in that will be eligible next season, That it's just, uh, those are the ones to be excited about, but he's got them competing right now. And it's the best part is that it's not the way he wants to play. You come in opening night, uh, whether it's uh, they're playing Evangel in the uh, in this in the. Uh, exhibition opener playing Oral Roberts and the home opener. They wanted the sprint up and down the court highlight, highlight real stuff, just quick stuff and transition, but they don't have the bench for that right now. And Ford, and that's not how Ford wants to play. Ford's Ford wants to play fast like that, but he's taken the guys he has now and the thin roster he has has found a way to turn them into a team that can win any game, win any night just by slowing down a game. And that's it's coaching. It's, uh, it's something that I don't think fans have really noticed in a while. But I, it's, it's I mean, the frustration they've seen over the past seven years. Um, and they're just seeing a coach take what's – what he has and turn it and turn it into a winner and it's and they weren't supposed to do it this year it's just uh it's gonna be fun once he gets the guys he wants i think there's still some holes on the roster whether it's strength down low i mean you saw what kv on pippen did the other day and he's gonna fill that with gage prim next year and i mean you're gonna lose josh webster who's a great leader but you're gonna see a good defender and point guard and tyrick dixon next year so there's a lot to be excited about i think ritter is gonna i mean ritter's still just a freshman he's looking better defensively uh, it's just uh, there's just a ton to be excited about, and I think it's gonna. I, I'm really confident something next, and at least the next two years. I mean, next year they should be one of the favorites, just based off of uh, what Illinois State's gonna be losing, and I think Loyola's gonna lose a few, and uh, Missouri State's gonna add. Add a lot of add some pieces, and I think Ford's just. Uh, I think he's been he's been great. It's been a huge surprise from what uh, was expected going into the year. I think it was going to be a rebuilding year, and it's been a ton of fun. Whether it's the the seventy thirty five MSU Loyola game, yeah. which is unreal. That's the most fun I've had ever covering basketball down here. 
and it's it's unexpected. It's not what they're supposed to be doing right now, but they're doing it. Yeah, I was going to say that Loyola game is probably the one. I, I stay in touch with some of the communications folks at uh, a lot of the Valley schools, and I kept telling the Loyola people, I'm like, yeah, there's no chance. You guys are you're going to yeah. win the league, and lo and behold, here I'm like, what? This is not <laughs> that's not okay, and it's great. It's great, but it's sort of like one of those things unexpected. So as we sit here recording on February 9th, uh, Missouri State is 6-5, and five, and there's like one, two, three, three teams are 6-5 and five in the Valley. Um, so Loyola's 8-3 and three as of today. Um, Illinois State 7-4, Drake, Valpo, and Missouri State 6-5, and five, SIU and UNI 5-6, and six, and then Indiana State, Bradley, and Emmonsville all 4-7. and seven. So the Valley's been really, really wacky. Or as yeah. I like to say on Twitter, nuts. Um, it's nuts. <laughs> uh, this year. And going into it, I think most folks thought the Illinois schools were, I think that's how it even panned yeah. out in the oh, preseason yeah. poll. The, the four Illinois schools were the favorites. Um, Loyola is still the top Illinois state right there with them. Drake is definitely a surprise because they have oh, a yeah. new coach. Missouri State's position where they are right now, I think is definitely considered a surprise because, you know, these Drake and Missouri State both predicted to be Thursday night teams uh, yeah. of the tournament right now. They're positioned to get out, stay out of Thursday night. Southern being uh, Southern and Bradley definitely are surprising as considered how they have not performed yeah. to expectations. Um, but a, I think last year Loyola's final four run no one definitely saw that coming because no one with Wichita State being gone it was like who's next who's gonna you know step into that role and it was someone's time to shine Loyola took advantage of it now I say all this to preface because when you talk about Dana Ford uh, taking over at Missouri State it reminds me of when Conzo Martin took over and it took him three years to get uh, the Bears to be regular season champs in 2011. And I can see some parallels there because different because it's a different Valley than what it was in 2010, 11, 12, and 13, uh, or 2000, you know, eight, nine, and 10, because a Wichita state and Creighton are, are not there anymore. Um, so it's, it's different, but at the same time, there's opportunity. There's opportunity for someone to become the next Wichita state or Creighton. And not even that, how about not just not becoming the next Wichita state or Creighton? How about becoming a better Missouri state, a better Southern Illinois, a better, you know, whatever it is, just someone yeah. else their time to shine. So with Missouri State in mind, this is could be their opportunity to become that team that is, you know, the powerhouse. You've got the facilities. You've got now the coach. Could the recruiting now start to come? Um, you talked about you've gotten to you've talked to Dana several times. I've seen your interactions with him. He's he's the youth, the energy, I think, is a difference maker. Yeah. From what you've seen and when you talk to the players in post game or in their media sessions, um, I gotta imagine he's gotta be one of those we talk about a quote unquote players coach. He's gotta yeah. be one of those ones that the players can sort of relate to, A, because he played in the league, the youth is there and he's got that energy because you can definitely see that on the sideline. This this guy is oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. he, he's he's so energetic and he does not hide his emotions on the sideline which I love he he gets into it so um, I gotta imagine that's that all those things considered have to bode well for the future of Missouri State basketball 
Yeah, depending on how long he's here, right? <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's uh, well played. Oh, it's it's a ton of fun. I mean, he's uh, definitely a player's coach. You see the buy-in too. I think that's really that's really been a fun one to see. Um, You're not talking just the buy-in from the student athletes. Like the community is bought in too. Oh, everybody! It's it's fun from uh, the. I mean, you see the players walking in with. Uh, you see the players walking in with signs that say, I mean, the signs that say defend no matter what yeah. and just going crazy for that. They're walking in with um, swag. They're not surfing, oh, but they're walking in with swag. It's cool. I mean, yeah. you see the energy players are playing with. I mean, it's fun listening to my photographers. Even my photographers here, they're always like, oh, these games are so much fun to cover because these guys are getting pumped up and excited and it's good photos. And it's something I haven't heard. I didn't hear them say really much last yeah. year, but it's uh, you're seeing the pride from the team. I mean, it's it's cool to see J- Jared Dixon and Ryan Kreklow buy in, especially since they're the holdover guys, but then you see the Josh Websters and uh, the Kanjik Cooks, and they're just they're pumped up. And then you see the the students are starting to show up and stand and yell. And it's, uh, and I, I was looking at the attendance numbers the other day. They already have multiple, they already have about six, I believe, is what I, six or four is what I said the other day, of crowds over 5,000 which is what you really want right now. They only had one all of last year. So you're seeing the community start to show up. I mean, we're recording this before the Illinois State game, which is tomorrow, and they're doing a $5 ticket deal and they're against Illinois State, the game that they can move into second place, a tie for second place with the That's win. That's crazy to think about. And it's unbelievable. So uh, just the the – I think the having anybody having a chance uh, in the conference this year is good for them. Uh, just being able to go out there and get excited and play the way they've been playing and being like, okay, there's there's no Wichita State out there that's going to come crush us in the end. There's there's not one team that's going to rain over us. Just knowing that you have a shot, and then uh, just the ever the excitement around it too. The fans are loving it right now. People are reading the stories. I mean, they're beating Barry. Uh, <laughs> so it's there's just so much excitement that uh, kind of adds up to it and i think it's just one step at a time and i mean i I think they avoid a thursday game and just uh there's a lot to be excited about they have two big games at home the rest of the year as of today um i mean this one and the drake game have to be the biggest games of the year the rest of the year and uh people are just excited it's it's been awesome so far and uh, see how long it lasts if it turns into something Wichita State like maybe Ford gets to hang around a while and if Ford has enough success and wants to move on I think people should be pumped up that they had the success and take in one of these assistant coaches maybe as head coach so who knows what's coming in the future but I think people are pretty excited to be present right now my personal hot take on that and I don't get I don't I spend a lot of time in this podcast asking questions of people and, and actually I, I should have prefaced if I say I, I always forget to tell the guest you're free to ask me questions too but you talked about you know Ford sticking around like Greg Marshall and Missouri State yeah. becoming what Wichita State has um, I love that that you said that because I think that's the blueprint and mm-hmm that happens because of the support from people like fans and donors and boosters um, 
being involved. I mean, and being involved by supporting, being involved financially to you know, make that happen. I mean, that's that's how it works yeah. these days in college athletics. Yeah. Um, if you want to see the program that you support um, have success and you like a coach, guess what? That's how it happens. So I say that now because as an alum, as a, a an yeah. alumni board member, I realize the importance of how these things work if you want to see the university have success, and not just athletics, but, you know, all across the board things like that matter. So, um, that's my, that's my hot take of, you know, Hey, if you want things to go well, you know, yeah, do do things to support the student athletes, do things to support the, the coach and the program and you know what, then they can draw on that and have success. So, um, switching gears, it's like getting ready to be baseball season. And I know you like me because um, I know you like me. I'm really good with words. That's really, that <laughs> sounds odd. That's not what I meant to say. You, similar to my thoughts, uh, Missouri State Baseball, um, with their recent success, uh, really popular to cover. A, because of the personality that the team has taken on in yeah. recent years uh, with some of the players that have come and laid this foundation now. Um, but it, it seems like since 2000, oh, I don't know, what would you say, 12 or 13, I guess. And it really got going in 14, 15 um, with, you know, players like Jake Berger and, you know, just sort of setting a tone. This team has a personality that they don't quit. They are scrappy and then they can hit. They have these pictures and you don't count them out. And it's fun to watch baseball. It really is. Um, A new season's coming up now. And as Missouri State typically does, players have graduated or gone on to the draft and been picked up and selected and moved on now. Um, And I think last year, I think most folks would admit they didn't expect the year that they had losing what they did. Um, So you had some new people step up, some new players step up out of nowhere and become the next set of stars. Um, I've only read what I've read in the uh, preseason uh, reports and stuff I've heard uh, online. I'm not as locked in as I used to be, so I'm curious to know. I, I saw they were picked in the preseason poll first, um, which means I don't know much else about the league, but the coaches obviously have some respect for Missouri State. Um, it looks like Drew Millis could be the next rising star, uh, the catcher for the Bears. What do you know about uh, 2019 Missouri State baseball? Yeah, I'll actually have my uh, preview coming out in the coming week. I mean, the season's starting Friday. <laughs> kind of crazy, but I'm, I'm fine with that. It means the weather's going to start warming up too. Oh yeah, but it's uh, it's going to. be I mean, it's such a special program. I mean, it's uh, it's something, especially for Keith, gotten to uh, stick around for all these years yeah. and just build it into what he has. It's such a special thing. And um, you know, I took his class, by the way. What? I, I had him as a teacher. Oh, that's right. I think you've told me this before. I got an A in his class. All right. <laughs> I'm telling you that because whenever I see him and, and I like I saw him at the Hall of Fame, I'm interrupting you, but I saw him at the Hall yeah. of Fame. Uh, I was like, hey, how are you? How's it going? Good to see you. And I, he introduced me to someone that I had not met. And he goes, you know, I had this guy in class. He used to work for the Valley. He got an A in my class, though, didn't you? And that's what he tells everyone. <laughs> that's the first thing. So I throw that in there that I had Keith Gutton's baseball theory class and I got an A. Is he a fun teacher? You know what? Uh, yes. And, and believe it or not, 
I actually did learn things in that class that I did oh. not know about baseball, like the strategy of the rundown and and defensively how it should work and how players <laughs> should be in position. We actually had a session of that where we awesome. actually got on. I went outside and like we participated in the rundown. Uh, so yes, we, I mean there was it was it was a legit class, but he he's a unique teacher. I don't think he's teaching the class anymore, obviously, but uh, it was a good experience because at the time I'm like I, I knew that. He was on the on the uh, the guide as the instructor for the class, but I had no idea what was going into it. And like, I'll be honest too. Again, I was taking the class because it was number three hundred or above. You have to have upper level credit. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, baseball theory is an elective. Yeah. Why yeah. not? I was in my last semester and I was trying to fill out a full time schedule. So it's yeah. like, I'll take this. Um, and I did get the A. And it turns out it did help in the long run because I ended up working in sports for a little bit. And there you go. I was I knew you all about those rundowns. baseball like, oh, exactly. Go. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, about the Bears. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's they're they're in, they're gonna have they're gonna be really good again. I mean it's the class they have coming in. I think I've heard is uh, Paul Evans's best pitching class he's ever brought to Missouri State, and he lost. I mean, still he considers it that, and he lost a twenty third round pitcher. To, to the draft from high school and he lost a top five round pitcher to the draft from junior junior college so he's and he's still it's he still considers it that good of a class coming in i mean you, but the, there's the injury to ty buckner the other day blew out his achilles which is a huge huge blow to them he was going to be their number one guy um he's going to be their friday starter He was touching 95 from what i've heard and uh, and so they're they're a little they're a little uh, nervous about their pitching right now. There's just not a lot. They're not there's not a lot of experience. But uh, and go with Logan Wiley in the number one, and it might be a, a freshman as the number two to number three in the midweek. So uh, there's a they're a little uh, there's a little nerve. It's a little nerve wracking with the uh, pitching right now, just because of the inexperience. But those freshmen they're replacing them with, there's either the number the some of the top stop top arms from Illinois, top arms in Kansas, top arms in Oklahoma, top arms in Missouri. So they they've got guys coming in that are going to be good for the long haul for the next three years. But they're about to get their experience right away, and I don't know if they wanted to do that. Uh, well, they didn't want to do that. They wanted to have their number one guy, of course, and they lost. Dylan Coleman, but uh, they're gonna—they're still gonna be kind of deep pitching. They got some good relievers, Connor Settler. They got some good uh, Matt Russell. You could end up being a starter uh, coming out of the pen. Uh, They're gonna have some extra arms from the freshman class that are gonna end up being. they're going to end up being in that rotation and still coming out of the bullpen. So they're still going to be, they're still going to have a good staff. It's just a matter of how long it takes for them to adjust to the college level. And then, it, and then there's replacing the few, the, players in the field too so i mean that's that's jeremy ironman the second round pick who might be the most talented guy to come out of missouri state possibly ever because of the tools he had uh athletic super athletic could do it all power out of the shortstop it was unreal but uh you, you see a guy like joey pollack is gonna 
Uh, he's a Ju- JUCO National Player of the Year. He's going to play. Uh, he's going to start at third base. He had thirty something home runs at the JUCO level last year, and if he's even half of that, MSU is going to love him. Uh, Mason Hole. He's going to be the shortstop replacing Ironman. He's not Ironman, but he's still a really good prospect coming from Illinois, and uh, he's freshman already. Being he's D one baseball's freshman of the freshman of the year in the Valley. So you got to feel good about that. You have the right side of the infield returning with Privetera and Whetstone. The outfield you lose Steinmetz, but you got a, you got uh, Duffy coming off an ACL injury too. Um, Duffy's good to go from what I've heard. He'll either play center if he can handle it or play right. You got Colin Clayton, who's been a really who's been a super athletic kid that can that can hit and. Uh, and then there's Drew Millis. He's projected top five rounds. It's uh, and he's just the next guy up. That's going to be the next Missouri State guy to be drafted. It's pretty uh, just the factory that the, that Gutton's created. So there's there's still so much to be excited about with this team, um, and they should be playing in a regional. I mean that's the expectation. The guys. I mean when you talk to the guys, they're not talking about regionals or NCAA tournament appearances anymore they're talking college world series and it's just unreal at this level and it's something i think that is deserved and it's what they should be thinking about and um you know gutton's gonna take it one game at a time sure. but they're they're uh, they're they're gonna be good it's just uh, it's just how this team is how this program is and i i'm excited to get going with that I'm excited to watch him, too, because one of those freshman arms you mentioned is a kid from Wentzville, Missouri, in the school district where I uh, work now. And I got to see him uh, play a lot. Um, Nick Nick Schmidt, who uh, was uh, one of Holt Baseball's uh, just top players all around. He kid could hit kid could pitch. so I'm excited to hopefully he's one of those one of those freshmen that could take advantage of the opportunity yeah. um, to to be out there and show what he's got. So it's fun. It's fun when you know the kids like that from a different world end up going to Missouri State and you can follow their career and hopefully they can continue to have some have some success. So uh, hopefully it should be fun. So um, we talked on baseball. We hit on basketball. Before we started recording, we mentioned that I had talked to uh, one of the all-time greats who uh, wrapped up her career last year at Missouri State uh, and Lily Johnson as a volleyball player. And you saw her up close and personal and talked to her a lot and interviewed her a lot. Um, you even called her overrated. Yeah. <laughs> but that brings me to just talking about we, we, we hit on just some of the good things happening at Missouri State. Volleyball has always been one of those. Of course, they had a little bit of a down year this past year. Um, but that's one of those programs I just want to get your feedback on after seeing them. Um, just the success of recruiting. And they do actually have – yeah. What could be the next? I don't want to say the next Lily Johnson because you don't you don't want to say that. Um, yeah. But they've got another solid player down there that he, she's already broken one of Lily Johnson's records, and she on she actually uh, small world is also a Winsville kid from Timberland High School as well. Uh, but the volleyball program, you know, they're set up, and as long as Melissa Stokes is there, you know, she's always going to want to compete. And Valley volleyball is always one of those ones with multiple teams in the NCAA tournament. That's always the goal. But uh, I think that's volleyball. Missouri State's one of those programs that. Doesn't get enough recognition for the success that they have. 
Yeah, I, I mean, those are some of the more fun games to go to, too. It's uh, they're, all, they're just loud. There's good good fan base there that gets excited when you go. Uh, it's, and Stokes, is she has them competing every year. So I was able to catch up with her uh, just a couple weeks ago. And it's another special thing they have going on over there. I mean, the Missouri States, I mean, you – you see, uh, they they win the All Valleys All Sports Cup yeah. uh, this past year, and you see they have some special programs, whether it's swimming, uh, volleyball, baseball, Lady Bears history. People, yeah, I, th- I think people would trade it. People would trade some of it in for basketball or football to win a few more games, but uh, it's a. Uh, uh, there's there's some it's just a special thing over there. I think people really enjoy it. Um, I say Lily's overrated. I've, I've, <laughs> I was able to have a I was able to have a good relationship with her to be able to joke around and give her a hard time, especially when you were making all the graphics for every single award ever made. Almost give. every week. Every week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, there's it's it's such there's so much history here, and it's just a lot of fun. Whether it's uh, Getting to know Lily, who might be on the Mount Rushmore of Missouri State athletes. Yeah, uh, I, that's no it, question. She's going to be Missouri State Hall of Fame the first opportunity that oh, she would vote in. I mean, yeah. Jackie, getting to know Jackie the past, the, uh, just getting to know how special of a person she was. I, I've never, I never was able to see her play basketball, which is pretty, un, pretty unreal. I know you, I know you were able to get to see those. Yeah, that's a, that's a special time right there. Yeah, that's yeah, but I, I wasn't able to see that, and uh, it's, and I just got I was able to get to know her a little bit more through her uh, ocular melanoma. Just getting talking to her about her eye cancer and everything. But you just see the, the she's she's a special person. Just the love she has for everything, the drive she had for everything, and um, and that's that's even more. That's even it's really cool about uh. uh Missouri State too. They they recruit good people in, and, and the good people end up being the stars too. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Whether it's Jackie, whether it's Lily, uh, Jake Berger was always fun to hang out yeah. with and talk to. Um, Alize, I'll always Alize is one of my favorite players I've ever covered. It's just uh, it's really good people and really a lot of fun too. I have to tell you two stories that are my and and i don't know if jackie or coach cheryl burnett will remember these um and i wish i would when i saw her at the hall of fame i wish i would have reminded her of this but i'll tell you the first one the jackie story um i'm not sure many people know this so my roommate in college we would play a lot of pickup basketball and at the time there was no student rec center you'd go to hammond student center you play on so there were four side courts where the bleachers are those courts there and then now which the turner family court which is the practice facility and there's one on the other end well that one that is now known as the turner family practice court um a buddy of mine in there we're just shooting around and jackie and her boyfriend at the time were at the other end and this is that's how it was you know she would always just be in there shooting around but if you're a student you show your id you get into hammer student center you can go play racquetball you know weight room whatever it was and we would just go to the side courts and play indoors um the two of us were there and Jackie was at the other end with her boyfriend just shooting, like shooting threes. This is what she did. Um, he comes down and says, Hey, do you guys want to play two on two? Oh, and, and we're like, uh, 
sure? Because we're like, with who else? And then we like, we see her down there, but I, sure, I guess. And then we realize, oh, that's Jackie Styles. It's like, okay, I guess we're playing two and two with Jackie Styles and her boyfriend. Okay. So my buddy guards Jackie Styles. I won't tell you all the details, but I'll tell you, we played probably about eight games of two on two. We won the first game Ooh. 10 to nine. We played to 10. We won the first game 10 9. We lost the other seven games 10 0, 10 1, 10 2, 10 0, 10 1, 10 2. So it was, I mean, those scores aren't exact, but you get the point. That's what yeah. it was. So she, I don't, I don't think Jackie will remember that because she's been a gym rat her entire life. So she's played a lot of basketball. I'm sure she's she played does a lot that on the night lead of whoever walks in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a fun experience there and then the other one uh, with coach Burnett so I, this might have been the final four year I think but I know the Lady Bears still do like a community luncheon or something like that. Um, yeah, they back, do breakfast. Okay, yes. So back in 90, 2000, 2001, um, they had what was called the Lady Bear Breakfast. Um, and it was for fans, boosters the program, but it was for the public. And mm-hmm. it was usually at about 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. So me and my roommate, we were fans of the program because we got into it. We're like, wow, this team's awesome. Like yeah. back then, attendance for the Lady Bears was it was different. It was way yeah. oh, higher yeah. than what it was for the Bears. Um, we would go to these as college kids. We're like, yeah, we want to find out what's going on with the team. And we were interested. <laughs> we went to the one that was during finals week. And Coach Burnett comes up to us and says, now, this doesn't look like something you two guys should be at. You sort of stick out like sore thumbs here. And we're like, well, you know, we're just, we're fans, we're students, we go to all the games, so we just thought, hey, why not go? And she goes, well, I appreciate you being here. Don't you have class or something? It's like, <laughs> yeah, we do. It's like in 30 minutes, but we're going to get there in time. It's not far off and whatnot. And she was just sort of dumbfounded that two students were at this event because at the time that's not something that students were doing. So and yeah. it wasn't like we had maroon madness back in those days. It was, you know, students just weren't going to labor's games, but they didn't have that worry because the crowds were already so huge. Uh, but I just remember her look on her face like, well, thank you guys for being here, I guess. <laughs> but this is odd, but sure. It's like, nope, nope. You guys are awesome. We love it. So um, that's my, my Cheryl, coach Cheryl Burnett story. So um <laughs> I, it just those are just great memories, and I I even told the story about how I had to sneak in to uh, Hammond Center to the the alumni newspaper to see the the game where Jackie broke the scoring record. Um, yeah. So yeah, I won't bore people with that. I've told that before. Um, if someone else asked me, I'll tell it later. But I'm not going to worry about it now. Um, so well, I don't think we get into that much Missouri State stuff, but that's good. That's good. I, I I appreciate it because a like I said, you've got that connection down there now, and you're seeing you're seeing this new era of Missouri State up close and personal. So uh, hopefully, some more memories can be made um, yeah. going forward. And and Coach Dana Ford and Coach Kelly Harper are there for a long time, and no one's <laughs> going to poach them uh, from Missouri State. <laughs> Contrary to anything that you write about. Yeah. All right. Well, they deserve it. Complimentary. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Well, what I always like to do before I wrap up with uh, with guests are ask five quick questions uh, 
no pausing. Give me the first answer that comes to mind. So, Wyatt, I've got five questions for you. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. My first question uh, for you, uh, everything you've covered, you know, take, I don't know how much you covered in high school, but college, uh, here at the News Leader, um, most memorable quote that you've gotten from an interview? Um, I'm doing bad on the pause thing already. <laughs> That's okay. It's a podcast. I can edit. <laughs> the, uh, I ask, I, I like to ask kids after high school football games, um, just to tell me a little bit about them so they can tell me, uh, so I can like see if there's like a story I can dig into there. And I ask kids like, so what do you like to do in your free time? And the kid just says, I like to be nice. And I'm just like, how about that? Really? <laughs> I it was pretty You're like, I should try being nice too. Yeah, I should try that someday. <laughs> nah. You can do me. You do you. All right. Question two, all levels taking it into consideration high school college that you've covered that you as a reporter have covered um what's the most memorable game you've seen i know without a doubt it's got to be the arkansas missouri state rain game that lasted oh, uh, hours and hours and hours oh, uh, coach of the arkansas took the, had the tarp taken off and it was uh, i filed that story at 3 a.m i hit the pillow at uh, 4 a.m um i don't think I, that was unbelievable that whole night was uh, just playing baseball the rain the drama missouri state lost but a few hours later beat arkansas to move on to the re- super regional but that that the whole thing was unreal yeah, I, I'll admit, I went to bed. <laughs> I went to bed. I'll just put it that way. It was a tough one. I went to it, bed. It was cool. I'll remember that forever. Yeah. All right. Question three. Uh, you can go back as far as high school. Anything in your life that you would do differently? Um, I'm not sure. I think I'd probably look at other colleges before going to Northern <laughs> Illinois. I think I'd like to do that. Um, I can't think of too many regrets. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty content with I'm looking at other colleges so I didn't have to be stuck in Northern Illinois, maybe starting out with Missouri State, but who knows what would be different if I did that. So. There you go. There you go. It's, it's oh. all a plan. It's all a plan. Uh, I never knew if Wyatt Wheeler was an athlete, but if you could play what's one sport, what would you play? Um, if I were to play a sport and be good at it, um, <laughs> bowling, it'd probably, be, probably be football. I always, I, I played football, uh, growing up my entire life. Uh, you played in high school I, too? Played through high school. Okay. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, people were bigger than me in high school. Were you so kicker, punter? Much, didn't see too much time. Kicker, punter? No, I was a <laughs> defensive end, okay. uh, tight end, a spread offense that didn't use tight end, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it was uh, yeah, it's probably football. I mean, there's there's a different level of camaraderie with guys. Um, baseball, just another level of excitement with football, and that's my favorite. That's my number one sport too. So definitely football. All right. Question five. Um, what's one thing that Wyatt Wheeler cannot live without? 
Unfortunately, it's got to be the phone, right? It's just. Uh, Are you connected level, to your device too much? Just the level of anxiety I have without it or something is just uh, not healthy, but. <laughs> It's probably there, right? But it's probably from work. It's probably from, oh. I want to know what's going on. I want to know about this. Oh, I've had, uh, uh, like, I'll, I'll sit down. I've, I've sat down in multiple places and just reported. I, I mean, I have my laptop on me at all time, too. I'm always walking around with a backpack, just looking like a little kid or something. Just <laughs> like, oh, why can't have a, can't be without his backpack. But uh, just the... Uh, just not wanting to miss anything or just uh, being able to get a story out there as quick as possible is just something that uh, drives me insane, but I guess it also helps me be decent at my job, I guess. <laughs> I can respect that. I can respect There's nothing wrong with that. So, well, that's curious yes, to know. I would, have, <laughs> <laughs> I would have never guessed that you were be that much dependent on advice. I mean, I've left my phone at home before going to work, oh. and I'm like, I'll get it at lunch or I'll it's okay and I don't think I need it but then I'm like oh I'm not going to the gym I don't have my phone or you have something like that so but well I appreciate the the, uh, time here sir this has been fun and uh, hopefully I'd love to have you be a return guest so we can catch up uh, once the basketball season over maybe do a in review or something of Bears basketball and see where the, uh, the baseball team is at that point uh, you got my. You're able to get a hold of me as quick as anybody, and I get I get a hold of you for my gifts. So I <laughs> that is uh, true. I can get a I can get a hold of you for you can get a hold of me for any time you need a podcast. So anytime. 